Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live World One. Your inside look into combat sports. So let it be written. So let it be done. Brought to you by the WBO, the World Boxing Organization. Pull up some dust and sit down. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Pedro Fernandez. My advice to you, start drinking heavily. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, make that 36 plus years now of radio presence, often imitated, but never duplicated. Straight up, my name is Pedro Fernandez. Of course, Ring Talk airs Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the Dan Patrick Channel, Channel 211, of course, SB Nation Sports, like a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is, if you listen to us live, thank you so much for tuning in. If you listen to us as part of the podcast, right on you, that's happening too. Straight up. We're talking boxing and MMA for the next two hours. Of course, we'll bring in the retired HBO godfather, Larry Merchant, in a few minutes. And, you know, I'll ask Larry about the chemistry between him and some of the guys that he worked with. I mean, who were jerks? Who were the nice guys? I mean, who, who are the – I mean, he had a lot of broadcast partners. George Foreman, I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard, Harold Letterman, Jim Lampley. I keep Barry Tompkins. I keep going and going. But the bottom line is – who did he work with best? Of course, I'm talking about the retired HBO godfather, Mr. Hall of Famer, Larry Merchant, who should be here in about 10 minutes here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll also talk about the, the pimp of MMA. I'm talking about Mr. Dana White. Of course, that's my opinion, but straight up, I think he's El Pimpo. We'll talk about him and a distribution of the wealth. Of course, the UFC now is sort of copping, saying, well, maybe we're giving 18% of the dollar to the fighters. Well, guess what? In the NFL and the NBA the players get a lot more than 18 cents on the dollar, and they're not going out there and having death matches week after week. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide on Sports Byline, the studio text line. Hit it up if you want, 415-275-1613. Once again, the studio text line, 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide. Pick 
comes the decision now. Let's listen. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent, sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Tired of the same old hat? CoverageGear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to CoverageGear.com with the promo code RADIO and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number 2 from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or a number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. And with Father's Day coming up, timing couldn't be better to check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code RADIO and get 20% off. That's promo code RADIO at CoverageGear.com. CoverageGear.com. We've got you covered. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt, call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free. Credit cards, medical bills, IRS tax problems, even student loan debt. Learn about free programs offered by the credit card companies, hospitals, and even the government that can help slash your debt. Call the Debt Destroyer now for free information. Call now. 877 877-360-0402. 877-360-0402. 877-360-0402. 877-360-0402. 877-360-0402. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Now more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. How does that grab you? Well, I'll tell you right after I get violently ill. Grandpa Munster, what a character he was. If you ever had a chance to go by his restaurant in New York City um, and just watch, watch him for a couple of minutes, as animated as he was, Al Lewis was one hell of a restaurateur, no doubt about that. The food, well, let's not brag about the food, but Grandpa was cool. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, boxing taking place across the pond uh, in Europe. Germany's had a card this week. More power to them. Uh, not a big, not any big names on that card. Of course, um, Poland had a card as well. And then, of course, Jesse Magdalena came back, the former world champion, now 28-1, 18 wax. A 10-round DQ winner of Yenevel Vicente, now 36-5, and five, a couple of draws in 28 wax. But <clears throat> that was Thursday night's uh, fight on ESPN at the Bubble. And, of course, that's the Bubble at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas where these these audi- audienceless crowds <clears throat> 
are watching a boxing card. Now, there's, there's like four or five people in the crowd. More power to them. I guess it's working out. The virus is not spreading and boxing is happening. But this isn't really boxing. I'll get to that in just a second. Of course, um, Tuesday night, the kickoff of this, the ESPN card, of course, brought us Shakur Stevenson, 2016. <clears throat> excuse me, Olympic silver medalist, unbeaten 16-0, current WB 126-pound champion. I mean, he can he's really a, a, a prospect to watch. There's just no doubt about it. He can dig with both hands. He's the real deal. I mean, he is the real deal, okay? But he's fighting guys, even though Felix Carabello came in at 13-1 and with a couple of draws in 19 and, and 9 wax. People say, well, that's a formidable record. Yeah, but you know what? He's, a, he's an exceptional fighter. We really don't want to see exceptional fighters against... Formidable guys. We want to see exceptional guys against guys that can test them, guys that can push them. And evidently, this was nowhere near a push. Stevenson now 14 as if eight KOs knocked out Felix Carabello in the sixth round for a non-title fight. Of course, a super featherweight bout by fighting at 130 pounds. The real money is going to be at 135, no doubt about that. Of course, I'm talking about Gervonta Davis, Teofimo Lopez, of course, the current world rank champion. I'm talking about Vasil Lomachenko. I can keep going and going, but 100, Devane, Devon uh, Haney, of course, the internet champion, Teofimo Lopez, dubbed him the Instagram champion. Ryan Garcia's out there at 135 pounds. This is probably the greatest division as far as talent and personality is concerned in boxing right now. But unfortunately, boxing's on the, you know, the sidelines because you can't get an arena, you can't book an arena. Canelo Alvarez, according to my uh, upcoming guest, I believe Larry Merchant, he said that Canelo is going to be ready to do a studio fight if need be. More power to him, of course. For thirty-five million bucks, I do a studio fight too. Godfather, how are you this morning? I'm splendid. I I did something I never did before. I had a haircut, uh, but outside in the back of the house. <laughs> and, and, and Patricia did it. No, I have a guy. An amazing character um, who lives down the coast, and uh, he's been cutting my hair for I don't know I since I was an infant maybe. Um, when I would do the boxing shows, I would always uh, have him come up to the house and, um, and give me a little trim. And uh, today I. Uh, Chris in the new era by having my first haircut in about four months. <laughs> Outdoor haircuts. Let's talk. You know, let's real quick. I know we only got one segment together today. Let's talk about the broadcast partners that you worked with. Um, if I threw a name like George Foreman at you, what would you tell me? Well, I think that George, uh, who is uh, not just a former heavyweight champion, but he was uh, a popular personality in in the boxing world and a guy who um, was kind of glib about boxing from the point of view of a of a of a fighter and um, I enjoyed working with him we had some differences of opinion because I was looking at it as a journalist and the fan, and he was looking at it as an expert former champion, and um, I liked working with him. You know, as I found him to be smart about a lot of things, without a doubt, street smart, very intelligent, no doubt about that. But when I first met him in '67. He was a mean, 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 and I keep I keep saying mean for like forty five minutes. That's how mean he was. Okay, well, and he thought that um, 
that Sonny Liston was his model, that you had to be mean inside and outside the ring. Um, and uh, he was. He carried that forward, and uh, then he retired and came back, what, 10 years later and uh, was a different man. I've never seen somebody go through such a change uh, as in life. Like a metamorphosis, almost. I mean, from a villain to a to a guy like a preacher and and selling hamburgers on TV. What? what all right, let's let's stick with athletes for a second. Ray Charles Leonard. You didn't know his name was Ray Charles Leonard until a few weeks ago, but what was Ray like to work with? I've been around Ray a lot. Ray's Ray's quite egotistical, I guess, as we are all are. Uh, I like being around Ray. I like them a lot, and yeah. uh. He had some issues of learning his role mm-hmm. uh, when he was with us, uh, but he's still a, a huge personality in the game. He still works fights now and then, and um, everybody just likes seeing him. You know, and sometimes even hearing him. Yeah, you know, when I was training with him for the Thomas Hearns rematch in, in, in May of 1989 down in West Palm Beach, Florida, at least I was running with him and doing some gym work, but um, I was running with him, and we would run three miles, Godfather, and for two and a half miles, we were neck and neck, and then they would cut him loose for that last half mile, and you know, I never, I, I swear, I'm telling the truth, it's a flat land, but I lost vision of him, that's how fast he was. Yep, he was uh, one of a kind, and certainly... One of the best fighters of our lifetime. Okay. Let's finish this off with my favorite guy, HBO's ambassador of goodwill for an eternity. I'm talking about Harold Letterman. What was it like to work around Harold? Well, Harold was a guy who just loved boxing. And he was enthusiastic about everything. And he brought that high-pitched voice that uh, expressed his enthusiasm, and in, and most importantly, over all the years he was with HBO, he saw the fights in a clear-eyed way. He trusted, as I used to say, he trusted his eyes. No matter what his opinion of the fighters or the fight going in, he called it as he saw it. You know, it was such a personality. I don't know if I told you the story or not, but we were doing a fight up in Sacramento, California. I was doing the international, and you guys were doing the, the domestic. And afterwards, Harold had a limo out. There was a limo outside going to take Harold back to the hotel, and Harold signing autographs. And the limo driver keeps looking at his watch. I noticed the limo driver keeps looking at his watch. He isn't saying nothing, but he keeps looking at his watch, and he's sort of letting Harold know that he's looking at his watch without saying anything, okay? <laughs> so anyway, so the bottom line was Harold tells the guy, guess what? Go take a ride. Harold, uh, 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 Pedro will take me back to the Radisson Hotel. And I did take him back to the Radisson Hotel, but he stood out there and signed autograph and took pictures, I would say, for about, about an hour. You know, Pedro, <laughs> you'd be hard put to find a guy who turned up before everybody else for hundreds if not thousands of prize fights. He was he was there when the first bell rang of the first fight and he had been there for fifteen minutes or a half hour talking to officials and he was 
a real judge, as is his daughter, who is an excellent judge. Um, Harold is uh, one of a kind. You know, I'll, I'll never forget his nickname in the New York Pesto. It was 721 Letterman. Do you remember that? No, I didn't. Oh, you mean the a scorecard? Yeah, yeah, no, that's what La- Wally Matthews and 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 and, uh, and Mike Marley and, and and Phil Berger and those guys back in that era they used to call him Seven Two One Letterman. I kid you, that was a little a, a little nice nickname for him. But the bottom line is like he had his own area code. <laughs> he had his own area code. You know, I loved him as I love you, and I want to wish you and the God Mama a very happy Sunday. You guys go out, do your thing. Of course. The restrictions are lifted, but I'm still wearing my mask, Godfather. Well, so are we. All the best. Say hello to... So did did the barber who came up to to do my hair today. (laughs) Lucky for the barber. Ah! Anyway, bottom money, say hello to the Godmom. We'll talk next week. You got it, Pedro. The retired HBO Godfather himself, Mr. Larry Merchant, folks, on Sports Byline. Harold Letterman had to score the first three rounds. Okay, Jim. 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 I know that I can't do no wrong. And when I hold you in my arms, my love won't do you no harm. I feel nice. I feel nice. I feel Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey. Want a drink? No, thanks. I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! The heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory eight count, and Foreman is as poised as can be! Now, more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The house historian Billo, Grandmaster Billo, tells me, of course, on June 15, 1984, I don't need to be reminded of this, Tommy the Hitman Hearns knocked out Roberto Duran, of course, in the second round. Duran coming in very unprepared when I saw him in May or uh, April or May in Oakland at a hotel. Of course, that was a bit sad because he had this big tire around his waist. I said to myself, how can he lose the weight and be ready by June? Well, he wasn't, and he got knocked out in two rounds. Bottom line is Duran was stripped of the WBA title because he challenged for the WBC title and didn't face Mike McCallum. That would have been one hell of a fight. Roberto Duran and Mike McCallum, both in their primes, wow, at 154 pounds. But, of course, Duran was an ascending lightweight, 135-pounder, who was at one point in time ranked at 126. Some other fights, of course, June 17, 1979, Danny Ayala stopped Mike Ayala, being, of course, the brother of Tony Ayala. Of course, those these guys were sort of bad news out of San Antonio, Texas. <clears throat> and when I say bad news, Tony Ayala um, was involved in it. <clears throat> he, you know, he raped some, raped a couple girls, went to prison for that. And, of course, then, then he kicked that. I told you about him kicking that girl in, in the, the bathroom. I don't know what he was doing in the ladies' restroom of a San Antonio drive-in movie, but he was. And he kicked this girl in the spleen when she was on the ground and some type of beef, had a beef with a girl, kicked her in the spleen, ruptured her spleen, and Dan Duva, then the promoter of Main Events uh, Monitor, of course now Kathy Duva, his widow, his widow's taken over, um, the, uh, the, the the son of Dan Duva, uh, Lou Duva, he paid, he paid these people off, and that's why it all went away as far as Tony Ayala was concerned. Of course, Ayala's career <clears throat> would essentially come to an end uh, New Year's Eve 1983 when he raped his neighbor. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He raped his neighbor and he stuffed his dirty sock in her mouth to shut her up and that kind of good stuff. He tortured her. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And of course, when he got out of prison, he begged to come on this show. So, you know, BB and the, the, um, the, the idiot that I am, I let him to come on the show because he came on the show and he sounded very apologetic and said he was, you know, he was clean and he didn't have any yearn for heroin anymore, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, his, his sexual appetite. Anyway, he went all through it. Like, he was like confessing, okay? Well, you know, like within six or eight months, he was in trouble again for like messing with some girl that was uh, in his gym. Okay, and she was like underage. So the bottom line is Tony Allen was a piece of work. And when he died from a heroin overdose, me and the cut man, we didn't shed no tears around here. Sorry, we just didn't. When Tony went, 
Tony went. Good riddance to Tony. Bottom line is, Tony Ayala was a real piece of work. People said to me, you know, he could have been really a great fighter. No, no, no. Great fighters. No, no, no. I know there's a difference between fighters inside and outside of the ring. In other words, I can accept or you have to accept the behavior of some of these guys, even though I consider it somewhat deplorable. But as long as they're not committing crimes, you know, what can I really say? And at the end of the day, boxing has got its ugly, uh, its ugly faces to it. Danny Lopez. Man, Danny Lopez. Was he the most overrated fighter in the history of boxing? Think about that. They call him Little Red. And I mean, I watched him fight out of the Olympic Auditorium down there in L.A. Of course, Don Chargan built him up, but I never thought much of him. I thought he was a big catcher. I mean, he might as well have had a Rawlings. You know, Rawlings, they used to make baseball mitts, right? He should have had a Rawlings mitt just ensued into, into his face because that's all he did was catch. I mean, Salvador Sanchez, good Lord, that was, that was domestic violence if there ever was. Man-on-man domestic violence, Salvador Sanchez. Not saying Sal was gay, but if Sal was gay, he would have been lumped up. I mean, he would have been busted and booked for domestic violence that he beat up on so bad. June 18, 1941, Joe Lewis kills Billy Connor in front of 54,000 people at the Polo Grounds. That's where the New York Giants, uh, who used to be formerly the San Francisco Giants, New York Giants, baseball, played in the Polo Grounds. 54,000 people. Billy was ahead going into that 13th round. Of course, he said, uh, you know, I'm going to go for it. He wanted it because he was kicking Joe Lewis's ass. He said, I'm going to go for it. And then he got drilled. Bottom line is, Billy Kahn was a good fighter. I remember meeting him in the 80s, in the 80s somewhere. And I asked him if he really said what he said as far as about, I think he went back to Ireland for a little bit. And they asked him what he, what he thought about Ireland. And he came up with that same line that I came up with about my grandmother leaving Arkansas. Thank God for the Greyhound is what I said, because we would have been stuck in Arkansas in my generation. Anyway, he said, thank God grandma didn't miss the boat. Talking about leaving Ireland and coming to the USA. But Billy Kahn, a piece of work, a former light heavyweight champion, for 13 rounds, of course, ahead after 12 rounds, going into that fateful 13th round, beating Joe Lewis, and then, of course, got beat by Joe Lewis. Rocky Marciano. June 17, 1954, The Rock. Yeah, I know he was a rock, undefeated, 49-0. But, you know, he fought his brother a couple of times. I didn't tell you that. Yeah, he fought his brother a couple of times. I had somebody on this show. I think it was it was his manager. I had his manager's, his manager, yeah, his real manager, Rocky Marciano's manager. I can't remember the guy's name right now because I've been doing this a while. <clears throat> anyway, but he was on the show, and... Um, and he said that the Rock fought his brother a couple of times up in Brockton, in the Brockton area, fought his brother. So he fought his brother a couple of times. So he really wasn't 49 and 0 per se. I guess he was a little less than 49 and 0. But the bottom line is he retired 49 and 0. And that's what people look look back at. And they say, you know, his accomplishment is 49 and 0. But again, I don't want to rain on this parade, but as heavyweight champion of the world, off the top of my head, I can tell you that the average age of his uh, title defense opponents were was 34.8 years old. 34.8 years. That's old, man. I mean, that's ancient, especially as far as heavyweights are concerned, and back in that day. So at the end of the day, I really didn't think a whole lot about his resume, but 49 and 0, of course, heralded as the, you know, the great white hope and the guy, the guy that got it done. The great white hope that got it done. I'm talking about Rocky Marcelo, of course, beating Joe Lewis in that, that non-title fight. That was pretty sad when he lumped up Joe like that. But then in the end, Joe had it coming because, you know, you don't get in the ring when you don't have it. And these guys get in the ring like they don't have it, expect they're gonna and think they're gonna get some type of pass, like Muhammad Ali with Larry Holmes. He thought he was gonna get some type of pass on October second, nineteen eighty, my former sparring partner. 
happened. Man, Larry lit Larry lit him up. Larry could have really, really hurt him. But Larry could have really hurt him. I mean, Ali was just a punching bag. In other words, a guy you might as well wrote Everlast all over his body because that's all he was that night in 1980. Caesars Palace Outdoor Arena sold out. 15,000 people. Of course, me and my tears, uh, me and tears to an extent, me and Hector Martinez and John Lutz watching the, de- you know, the, the decimation of Muhammad Ali at the hands of Larry Holmes. So if you don't have it and you're an old guy, man, you just shouldn't come back. I mean, history, history's proved it. History, I mean, do I need to say it? One old fighter, <clears throat> except Joe, George Foreman, ever came back and did anything super significant in the heavyweight division. Not too many guys. And, of course, you know, Joe was, uh, George was smart. He fought Michael Moore. Michael Moore was a, a cocky dude. Michael, Double M was a weird dude. I'll tell you how weird Don, um, uh, Michael was. He was a gun freak. And when I saw him, when I went places with him, he had gun magazines. And I don't, I don't feel, I was an ex-cop, and I don't feel comfortable around guys with gun magazines. I don't care if they're black, white, blue, or green. You know, a plethora of gun magazines. All you want to do is read about guns. Why do you want to be, well, what's up with guns? Anyway, that was his habit, his hobby. So his hobby came home to, uh, his hobby came home to haunt him at one point in time when the, when, uh, uh, I think it was in Pennsylvania, when the local cops showed up at his door and said, you know what, we're taking you away because all your guns. So, of course, he tried to defend himself to an extent, but they took care of that. Michael Moore, the former light heavyweight champion, moved up to heavyweight and, of course, knocked got knocked out when George Foreman just suckered him. It was a sucker move. I've never seen a sucker move like that in my life. In other words, you let the guy do his thing, you let the guy do his thing, you let the guy do his thing. You can't do that in an amateur fight because you only got three rounds. Okay, But in a pro fight, you can let guys do their thing, let the guys do their thing. Let them build up their confidence in that. Even though you know, you're saying to yourself, well, I'm losing and I'm taking a licking, but I know what I'm going to do because I'm going I'm to make, I'm going to pull this move. Okay, And the move for Foreman was that uppercut. He was going to wait and wait and wait and lull uh, Moore to sleep, let Moore cross with those left-hand crosses. Of course, Moore was a southpaw, a left-hander. He jabbed with his right hand, crossed with his left hand, and hooked with the right. Okay, But he didn't hook much against Foreman. So when he's throwing these shots, he thought he was throwing these straight shots. George just waited. George just waited. Boom! Through that uppercut, it was all over. And what's Michael Moore famous for, Scott Cuddy? Getting knocked out by an old man. I mean, that's it! I mean, Michael Moore, go, let him go back to Pennsylvania. I've seen him a couple of times since then. He hasn't been the, uh, the confident guy he was beforehand. I mean, he wasn't the cocky. He was cocky as you know what. He just was. I mean, he was full of himself. More power to him. But you get knocked out by a 45-year-old man on television, and then people got YouTube and their phones and that kind of good stuff. Guess what, man? Don't look all that good. At the end of the day, Michael Moore, I don't think, belongs in the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame. People say to me, how can you say that, man? Well, yeah, he won titles in 175. <clears throat> And, of course, heavyweight. But at 175, he was, like, almost unstoppable. He was the World Boxing Organization, one of their first champions. He could he knocking guys out left and right. When I saw him some fight in Sacramento, California, I think it was, no, I take that back. He was sparring in Sacramento, California against heavyweights like Lionel Butler and guys like that. He was just lighting these guys up. I was saying to myself, whoa, man, Mike has really got it. But deep down inside, Mike had some chinks in his armor, and most of them were mental. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, the Sunday two-hour edition. I want to mention this. We're going to go back in time. And we'll bring in, of course, one of my favorite guys. He's passed away now. Back, in fact, he passed in June of 2011. I'm talking about Mr. Mister Hare himself. I'm talking about Nick Charles of CNN. We'll have Nick in depth in hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're tuned to the longest-running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. But, baby... If you didn't know it by now, what can I say? 
comes the decision now. Let's listen. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent, sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 And now today's Ben Hogan golf tip. Want to hit your long irons crisper and longer? It's important to take the club back easy on your backswing. A longer iron requires more of a sweeping fluid motion than other irons. To achieve this, try to take it back low and slow for the first few feet. This deliberate takeaway helps promote a smooth, shallow swing that's perfectly on plane. You'll find that sweet spot more consistently, and you'll see added yards in your four through six irons. And now a word from Ben Hogan Golf. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micro-manufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour-quality products and factory direct prices. Whoever said there's no sports games being played apparently missed the memo. The game of your life is being played right here each and every week on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Hi, this is Marsha Hawkins, and I'm personally inviting you to join me and so many others to my exciting new program, Elevating Heard Right Here. Each week, we'll talk and share about elevating our lives, health and wellness, finances, the food we eat, and the thoughts we're having. Elevating with me, Marsha Hawkins, each weeknight right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, presented by MyHealth-Quotes.com. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Check it. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome, of course, to the hour, one, uh, hour number one of two. Of course, the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 7 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Here on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio Channel 211, like a plethora of other internet platforms. Last night, of course, rocking and rolling. I'm talking about Cynthia Covello. Man, I like this little girl. She's little. Uh, she's got a record, and I think, of 9-2 and two now. But she's little. She's only 125 pounds, and she says maybe she wants to like lose weight and come down to 115. I don't know about that. But the bottom line is she looked good last night defeating Jessica I. I was slightly favored coming into this fight. The scorecards were at 49-46 twice. <clears throat> that means four to one in rounds and forty eight forty seven three to two in rounds. In other words, if I was one of the, if I was her 
her, and I saw that three to two score. I'd have been saying, what? I don't think so. Maybe I lost one round. Maybe I lost one round. Co-feature, Marvin Vetton beating Carl Robinson, submitted him. Marina Kichok, four minutes and 17 seconds into the very first round. Charles Rosa beat uh, Kevin Aguilar. Andre Fidi beat Kevin Jordan. Charles Jordan, who was a last-minute <coughs> replacement. Um, on a split decision, guy put up a good fight for coming in on like a week's notice. Uh, Jordan Espinosa beat Mark De La Rosa. Outside of that, who cares? I mean, a whole lot of nobodies, man. I'm tired. I don't want to watch nobodies. That's why I don't want. I, I got. <clears throat> Listen, Shakur Stevenson is an accomplished fighter. He's only got like 14 fights, but an accomplished fighter. The World Boxing Organization, who happens to be my sponsor, uh, the World Boxing Organization 126-pound featherweight champion. So he's a talented guy, 2016 Olympian. Olympic silver medalist. And like the guy he fought the other night, Mr. Carabello, came in at 13 and 1. And that's a formidable record. I mean, absolutely no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, you know, if he's not up to that talent level, it's going to be a mismatch. And it was a mismatch. And I really don't want to see top rank. I'll kind of put this um, infomercials. That's what these are going to turn out to be, it looks like. Top rank infomercials on ESPN and ESPN Plus. So, Master Bob, Bob Aram down there on the plantation uh, that is top rank, please listen to me, man. Put together some good fights. You've got mid level fighters, good fighters, and, 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 and upper echelon fighters where you could put together decent fights to where, you know, we don't have to look at a fight and say, oh, what's the odds? What's the odds? 20 to 1. 20 to 1. That's where the uh, I kid you not. 20, those are some of the odds going down. We don't need to see twenty to one fights. It's like Shakur Stevenson in fights like that. I mean, boxing's back on TV, folks. And who's the guy fighting? Oh, Shakur Stevenson. Hmm. Hmm. Undefeated, silver medalist, two thousand sixteen. Right on, man. Who's he fighting? Oh, this guy that's thirteen and one. Woo, thirteen and one. Oh, that sounds pretty good, don't you? Yeah, a couple of draws, nine KOs. Okay, he sounds like he can fight a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but maybe not so much. And maybe he's not in his league. And he's not in his league because when he goes out there and drubs him, that's nothing. In other words, yeah, the guy's record and the numbers look good as far as the resume is concerned. But you know, Carabello. Uh, to be honest, he'd have a problem licking a stamp if he wet his tongue. This is the way it is. I didn't think much of Mr. Carabello. So boxing, I think, needs to rock and roll. And, you know, I think that USC is, is sort of like catching them with their pants down. And the reason why I brought up brought it that brought that fight up is that Cynthia Cavello really licked Jessica I last night. And I'm not saying that in a gay way, and neither of these women are gay, but Cynthia Cavello uh, beat Jessica Lye. She, she, she beat her, I mean, hands down. There's no doubt about it. But people say to me, you know, who cares about girls? If you watched that girl fight last night, you'd care a little bit. You just you would care a little bit. And the reason why I say that is she is an accomplished young lady. In other words, she really doesn't have a, uh, she has her own style. That's the best way to put it. She can do takedowns. She can stand up. She can ground and pound. She's a little tiny chick. I mean, she really is. I mean, Jessica was much, much bigger than her. At the end of the day, um, it was an accomplished win for Sil- 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 Cynthia Cavello. And at the end of the day, I, I was happy that she won because she is, she's just, a, you know, when you see these small little girls and, and these small fighters negate somebody else's reach. I wasn't I wasn't all that good at that except overpowering people, but but other people like like Roberto Duran and, and Cynthia Cavello and people like that, they can do it from the outside. They can counter perfectly from a distance. I couldn't. I had to be. I had to step up into somebody's face. I just couldn't do it from a distance. So more power to people like that. No doubt about that. Now the UFC is rocking and rolling. And of course, you know they've got their issues. And Jorge Masvidal 
is the latest guy, of course, to talk smack in about the pay structure. And, of course, I've talked about this for the longest now. And some of you are going to say, oh, no, here he goes. He's going to talk about Dana Pimpin again. Yes, I am going to talk about Dana Pimpin again because Jorge Masvidal, the fool that he is, recently signed a deal with the UFC. And now he wants more money. Well, you know, you sort of don't ask for more money right after you sign the real deal. Then you look at the fact that, you know, he sold out Madison Square Garden his last time, did numbers on pay-per-view that hadn't been done in a while. So he has great, great pay-per-view numbers, him and Nate Diaz. Of course, they want to talk about doing that fight again. But they wanted him to fight the champion. Um, You know, I got to tell you, maybe not. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, a fighter should be able to call his shots. In the UFC, you can't call your shots. Here's Dana White being grilled on the money fighters get after last night's card. As we know, Jorge Masvidal and Dana White have recently been going back and forth in a public dispute with regards to how much Masvidal deserves to be paid by the UFC. This week, Masvidal also turned down a welterweight title fight with Kamaru Usman in the main event of UFC 251 on Fight Island. As a result, the title fight was passed on to Gilbert Burns. Masvidal did give his reactions to the Usman versus Burns title fight. On his Instagram story, Masvidal shared this tweet from NFL player John Feliciano with the hashtag SuperNecessary. The tweet says, I won't be buying UFC 251. Don't let the UFC lowball their fighters. They're spitting in the face of their top-level fighters like Jorge Masvidal. Imagine what they're doing to the up-and-coming fighters. Masvidal also sent a message to the fans on Twitter and said, Thank you for the overwhelming amount of love that I have received for the stance I have taken against my employer. From the blue-collar worker to the street hustlers to the rich kids and everything in between, thank you so much for your words of encouragement and God bless. Last night during the UFC Vegas media scrum, Dana White gave his thoughts on the situation with Jorge Masvidal and the recent criticism surrounding UFC fighter pack. Massive card with the pay-per-view. I think the only surprise was that Gilbert Burns was in there instead of Jorge Masvidal. We understand where Masvidal has been at, but I guess can you just talk about having to make it's that a surprise? I mean, this is what we do. I mean, we've been doing this for 20 years. People who want to fight get fights, and people who don't, don't. And he's the number one ranked guy in the world. Number one versus the champion. And this kid wants to stay busy, you know. Um, These kids that come out and and go on runs like Burns is on and want to keep fighting and stay active, they're healthy, and they want to – it's it's the smartest thing you could do, you know. And and it doesn't surprise me that Masvidal – you know, Masvidal is very much like the Diaz brothers, you know. He he beats to the, you know, sound of his own drum. When he wants to do something, he does it, and it's, it's not very surprising at all. So any any alternate plans for Masvidal right now, or is it just kind of a wait and see and let him come to you? Yeah. Listen, I'm putting on fights every weekend for the next 10 years, all right? And if you want to fight, call us. We'll offer you fights, and if you don't want to take them, you don't have to. It's always been that way. Everybody's acting like this is like some new drama that just popped up, and this has never happened before in the history of the sport. This happens all the time, nonstop. Fighter pay has been a big discussion. You got grilled on ESPN, all those things. I'm curious. I mean, you've laid out the scenarios with these individual fighters, but is there room for a, a bigger discussion? You know, can there be uh, greater uh, revenue? That uh, sort of thing? Again, like the thing that I went through with Kevin the other day. I went, I went through this with Kevin the other day. This isn't new either. There's a lot of new people covering us. There's a lot of new people that don't know a lot about the sport. That's new. This isn't new. This is, this is, this is the same old shit. And all these fighters that, that are, you know, 
they share in the revenue. They do share in the revenue. They have an, a, 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 they have the upside in the pay-per-view, you know? And guys that sell pay-per-view make a lot of money. I'm looking through the window, and Scott Cuddy's jaw was hanging there when, when Dana White said these guys are making money. They're making, yeah, wait, wait. John Jones is making money. Khabib is making money, okay? Um, the lower guys, the lesser guys are not making money. They're getting 4000 bucks sometimes. Or may, well, get this. If you fight and you get a $4,000 purse or a $16,000, even let's, let's go the upside of that one. Let's say you get a $16,000 purse and you fight twice a year in the USC. So you've got $32,000 coming in there, right? Of course, that's gross, right? <clears throat> and then you've got to pay your manager, and he's going to take probably 20% to a third, right? And you've got your trainer who's going to take a 10% cut. Then you've got your cut man you maybe give him two or three percent in other words what are you down to you know what i'm saying there's after that 32 grand if you're a ufc fighter and you're signed to the company they've got no health plan they're not giving you no health plan they're worse than vince mcmahon when it comes to the um the uh independent contractor stuff i mean good lord i mean you you tell these guys they, they they've got to change your name and they've got to do exactly this and do that and in, 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 in their independent contractors? Sounds to me like they're employees and you're telling them what to do, okay? Of course, the USC, they may be independent contractors, okay, because they're fighters and they're not, they're not actors, much like the WWE is. But at the end of the day, they're vastly underpaid. <clears throat> I mean, if Dana White's one of the cop, I heard him cop this week to 18%. <clears throat> the USC said, uh, the question was like this, is it true the fighters are getting 18%? He goes, I won't argue with you on the 18%. In other words, he wasn't arguing with the 18%. In other words, it could be 18%, and it could be still a lot lower. I had it at 8 to 12% when the Zufa Sports, uh, the uh, Zufa company, of course, Zufa, Zufa Sports being the uh, government of Dubai, who own 12% of the USC. The USC, uh, Frank Fertitta and Lorenzo Fertitta, the owners of the station and Palace Casinos in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, of course, the aforementioned Dana White, El Pimpo! El Pimpo Gringo. Anyway, he uh, he got he has ten percent. He had ten percent of the USC before they sold it for four point two billion dollars. And then I remind you that Scott Cuddy, the mathematician, the accountant that he is, told me that four point two billion dollars is four thousand two hundred million dollars. Holy cow! That's what Cuddy's got in the bank. But no, I mean I'm, I couldn't. I'm, that's what they pay for this thing. So more power to them. Anyway, the fighters are not sharing in the money, as you just heard Dana White say. Uh, I think Dan, I think John uh, John Jones has got a five million dollar deal per fight. At least that's what he's alluded to as far as his ESPN and his recent performances uh, are concerned. So he's getting some money. There's no doubt about it. But what about the rest of the guys? I said you're fighting twice a year, and you're going to get maybe out of that thirty two grand, maybe you're going to get mm, maybe you're going to get eighteen thousand dollars or nineteen thousand dollars, and then you've got to declare that for taxes. But can you live on eighteen or nineteen thousand dollars a year? And guess what? You're not being put in you know fights that you can win easily. You're being put in death match after death match. So what I'm trying to tell you is the system, the UFC system, is meant for you not to succeed. If you're a fighter, the UFC system is meant for, to break you. I mean, death match after death match after death match. People say to me, "Well, Daniel, there are exceptions to the rule." Daniel Cormier, former light heavyweight champion, couldn't beat John Jones, but. He beat just about everybody else. Um, he, he couldn't beat Jones, but he could beat Stippy Milchuk for the world heavyweight title. Of course, he came back and lost that heavyweight title. Now they want to do it again, I believe, in July or August as far as his trilogy is concerned. I don't know. Who really wants to see that fight again? I mean, Danny, what does Daniel Cormier really bring to the dance? I guess as far as the UFC is concerned, he's a company fighter. He's a yes boss. Mazza, mazza, mazza Dana. 
I mean, that's what he's all about. You hear him on TV. I mean, that guy, Jesus Christ, is his hemorrhoid face. I mean, that's how much he's kissing ass. Hemorrhoid face. That's how Dan, I, I, I've interviewed him in the past. I mean, he's been in this studio. He signed the walls outside here at these sports byline studios, and there's respect for him as a fighter. But, you know, when you slide into that, mic, when you slide into that microphone position behind the mic as far as the UFC is concerned, and the UFC is, they're really controlled. I mean, they control what they say. I mean, it's sort of like, as I said, Macedonia in the plantation. This is sort of like the WWE plantation. You remember I talked about that many times. Everything that goes out on TV, as far as the world wrestling entertainment folks are concerned, it's scripted and written by Vince McMahon. In other words, when you see uh, Joe Blow out there saying, no, I'm the best guy in the entire world, guess what? Vince McMahon wrote and approved that. It wasn't even original. They're killing it. Dana White, control, killing it. Dana White, the biggest pimp in boxing, the biggest pimp in MMA. Yeah, he's getting into boxing as well. Keep him out of boxing. Let him stay in the world of the UFC. You're tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide. This is real. He can push me now, but come when we get to the octagon, I'm going to smash this dude. He hates getting punched in the face. I'm going to punch him over and over and over. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how Simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-426-2301. 800-426-2301. That's 800 426 2301 
Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 754 831 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 That's 800-754-4531 Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I'm sorry for anyone I let down with this performance. I promise you I wanted this more than anything. Sounds like he's crying. Bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing MMA. Check the clocks, 57 minutes past the hour. This is hour number one of two, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite, of course, a channel of 211, the Dan Patrick channel, like a thousand other internet platforms. Straight up, this is hour number one. Hour number two is forthcoming, upcoming on the Sports Byline broadcast. And, of course, coming to you live from the city by the bay. We'll talk about combat sports. We'll continue this conversation. But we'll bring in Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier. We'll bring in Joe, George Foreman, Ron Lyle, some of my favorite guys. In fact, to get these guys together. And all Joe, although Joe and I went back and forth and rumbled a couple times because, you know, Joe would get drunk. And when he got drunk, I didn't like taking smack from him. Anybody. I don't care if it was Joe Frazier or not, man. You're not going to disrespect me, you know, or act, act, make me act like a fool because you've had a few drinks. I'm going to tell it like it is. Anyway, bottom line is we'll spend a little time talking about Joe Frazier. Of course, the the Ali, the Ali controversy, him and back and forth, how Ali, Ali, Ali instilled, made him hate him. But he didn't, it was all for the money. It wasn't personal. He never got that. Bottom line is, George Foreman will be here as well. Of course, Foreman and I go back to 1967. I remember watching him in the gym at Newman's Gym here at 312 Leavenworth Street in the Tenderloin here in San Francisco. My father brought me down there, and he told me this guy won the Golden Gloves or something like that. He won the Golden Gloves. I didn't know what the Golden Gloves were. 1968, I didn't know what the Golden Gloves were. Anyway, I would win four later, but I didn't know what it was. So dad tells me he won the Golden Gloves. He's going to win the Olympics. And I said to myself, what the hell is the Olympics? I didn't know. So in 1968, I learned all about the Olympics and amateur box and amateur sports and all that kind of good stuff with my friend Lou Garcia down there in Pacifica, California. May he rest in peace. But the bottom line is I talk history. I talk USC. I talk a whole lot of stuff in hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide here on Sports Byline. Stay tuned for Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
USA Radio News with Wendy King. Protesters are marching once again. Not only are they protesting the death of George Floyd, another black man, 27-year-old Richard Brooks, was fatally shot by a white Atlanta police officer on Friday. Democratic New Jersey Senator Cory Booker tells CBS's Face the Nation. I was mayor of, a, of a New Jersey's largest city with a police department. If one of my officers shot someone in the back while they were fleeing with a non-deadly weapon, that is unjust use of force and unacceptable to community standards. Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best tells CBS's Face the Nation things must change. We're going to change in policing. We have to. It has to be a movement that involves everybody. We need to reimagine and refigure out, if you will, um, how we're going to move forward as a country. This is USA Radio News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. In the aftermath of the George Floyd killing in Minneapolis and the killing of Richard Brooks in Atlanta, there's pressure and movement for different police procedures. Vice President Mike Pence talked about that in an interview with CBS News. We're not going to defund the police. I mean, quite the contrary. I think what the president and I have in mind is action that would uh, better equip uh, police departments around the country with guidance and with training resources that will make sure that uh, what happened in Minneapolis never happens again. Also, a carjacking suspect was shot dead by police in Kansas City, Missouri. Emergency services were rendered to that suspect, but that suspect is deceased. Missouri Highway Patrol spokesman Andy Bell says the suspect had a weapon and he pointed it at the officer during a foot chase. An investigation is underway. You're listening to USA Radio News. Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here are some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, walk up and down twice a day for 5 to 10 minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. There are more helpful pet care tips at youmove.com, spelled Y-U-Move.com. A member of a legendary country music family has been killed. USA's Chris Barnes has that story. Police in Tennessee say the single vehicle crash on Saturday night led to the death of the daughter of country singer Hank Williams Jr., who was also the granddaughter of country legend Hank Williams. 
They say 27-year-old Catherine Williams Dunning was driving south on Highway 79 in Henry County, west of Nashville, when the vehicle crossed the median and started rolling. Her husband was also in the vehicle. He was injured in the crash and had to be airlifted to a hospital. There's no word on his current condition. Brazil has become the indisputable center as the world's second-highest nation with the number of deaths from COVID-19 at almost 42,000. USA's John Clemens reports. Brazil's Ministry of Health reports the cumulative total of over 828,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus, with almost 26,000 new infections, with another 909 people losing their lives, second only to the United States. Dr. Mike Ryan of the World Health Organization says Brazil's health care system was standing up to the pressure. The system as such from the data we see is not overwhelmed, but certainly in certain parts of Brazil, there's a significant pressure on the intensive care unit bed occupancy. And again, we commend the brave frontline health workers. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today... Withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. Ladies! and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into combat sports, brought to you by the WBO, the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me, let me tell you, congratulations on your long time in radio, you are your team, and for your ratings, man, I was reading about that, I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro. And now, the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. I don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, to, to make people happy, and I, I just do my best. Pedro Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job done. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the multi-million dollar Sports Byline Studios located in the city by the bay, the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, no, no, make that 36 plus years now of being often imitated but never duplicated. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to hour number two live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, the Dan Patrick Channel, of course, SB Nation Sports, and a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This hour, we'll delve into the world of course, combat sports, basically MMA and boxing. When I say MMA, of course, we 
went deep into MMA an hour and more. I talked about the pimping factor and Dana White and this kind of stuff. So I will stay away from the pimping factor as far as Dana is concerned an hour number two and probably shine our light on a, a young and upcoming prospect in the world of mixed martial arts by the name of Sean O'Malley. He's got a short interview with him. He was the winner last week, of course, USC 250. USC 250, the major payoffs, $350,000 to the winner. The main, the winner of the main event, she got three hundred fifty grand. If they sold two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand pay per views, that was like, you know, what, fifteen million dollars. So she gets like three hundred fifty grand. Does that make sense? Back to pimping. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing, MA. Open phone lines around the planet. One 7529 That's 1-800-878-7529. Little Oakland Stroke from the Tower of Power. Now today's Ben Hogan golf tip. Want to hit your long irons crisper and longer? It's important to take the club back easy on your backswing. A longer iron requires more of a sweeping fluid motion than other irons. To achieve this, try to take it back low and slow for the first few feet. This deliberate takeaway helps promote a smooth, shallow swing that's perfectly on plane. You'll find that sweet spot more consistently, and you'll see added yards in your four through six irons. And now a word from Ben Hogan Golf. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micro-manufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour-quality products and factory direct prices. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon, you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. Behind the lasagna. It's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Here comes the decision now. Let's listen. 
clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. You know, I'm just excited, uh, just excited to be back. I wish we could do a fight every night. You know me, Pedro. Nick Charles, the late Nick Charles, passed away June 25th, night, uh, 2011, of course, from bladder cancer. We'll, we'll talk with Nick in about 30, make that 37 minutes, 40 minutes past the hour. Nick Charles will join us from an interview from 2010, straight up. He was a pal in broadcasting, was a pal as far as a boxing pal. And, of course, I remember getting that, that last tweet. I think it was a tweet or an email like three days before he died. Hey, you know, it was a pretty good fight tonight. And there was, he was a boxing fan all the, up, all the way up to like three days before his passing, of course. We'll talk about that in depth in our segment four of today's Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Now, getting a lot of heat, people say that I'm hard on Joe Frazier. I'm not giving Joe Frazier a fair chance. In other words, you know, in other words, I'm harder on Joe Frazier today than Ali was in the 70s and this and that. You know, I'm not really that hard on Joe Frazier. I mean, we had our comes, our ups and our downs, and I didn't like the fact that... Well, I don't like drunks, but I don't like the fact, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, my father was a drunk and to an extent, both my parents drank and, and my, I had five out of six uncles were alcoholics. So what I'm trying to tell you is booze is not, is just not my thing, you know? And uh, how can I put this? Um, I want to do this nice. I want to, let's do this a little class. Open phone lines around the planet, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. No, you know, when when Joe came into the ring, when he worked with Von Bean, he was under the influence and he was drunk and there was just no doubt about that. I mean, some of the stuff that they called the referee that night, they called him a honky. I mean, they're yelling honky and HBO's televising the fight. I'm doing the international TV for Don King Productions and um, going around the world. Larry and his crew are doing the domestic feed, I believe. Of course, that was the, the Von Bean, Evander Holyfield fight at the uh, at the big Atlanta stadium. I can't remember the name of it right now. But at the end of the day, you know, you look back at boxing and you say to yourself, Joe Frazier was a hell of a fighter. 1964 Olympic gold medalist. I mean, with the accession of Muhammad Ali, he beat everybody. Of course, George Foreman come along. The 1968 Olympic gold medals and would destroy him. But they were different guys. It was sort of like one guy beating up on a little guy. I mean, Joe Frazier was so small compared to George Foreman in stature and size that when you saw that when you saw that beat down the first time, you know that Joe had no no uh, no absolutely no chance in the second fight. Anyway, bottom line is here's Joe expanding. Take it back. We're gonna go with Joe. Ron Lyle, George Foreman, a bunch of guys talking about Joe and Ali. I've raised 10 kids, and there's always one child who can take a joke and another who can't. Mohammed could say something and just tick Frazier off, and Mohammed would be smiling about it. It was like voices coming in his head. And I couldn't tell you who he's coming from, because I don't know. But therefore, if you ain't got something right, to say to me, then you better keep me quiet because I'm going to peel off and hit you because it's nothing for me to do but just walk straight, walk right. Look at you, you're losing. You lost three rounds already. Come on, they aren't hit you four times. This world's a man. Your mama said, 
never feel sorry for me. He said, I'm great. But, you know, maybe he may, he not feel, may not feel bad, but the guy that fought him do, because you see what he's going through. He put it on the line, brother. The representation that he gave to the black community will never be forgotten, no matter what. I am the greatest. It's just sad because, you know, it's, it, it's sad because, you know, uh, he's a great guy and hoping that maybe he could, like, live the kind of life that we live, you know. I love to see him do that. You know, because he earned that. Joe Frazier in tears there on a couple of occasions. Of course, he was sad there at the end. Of course, Joe was, as I said, Joe was two different guys. There was Joe, the drunk, and then there was Joe, the non-drunk. And it was like as distinctly different as <sighs> Jekyll and Hyde. They were just two absolutely different people. He was the most giving, lovable soul when he wasn't drinking. When he was drinking, he was a, he was a, uh, you know what? He wasn't a good guy. He just was a jerk. I'll put it to you like that. But some of the people on that that uh, that tape here, there, George Foreman, of course, <clears throat> Rudy Clay, aka Rahman Ali, Muhammad Ali's brother, of course, was a professional fighter who couldn't lick a stamp if you wet his tongue. And of course, there were some other great names on there. But you know, Ron Lyle was a name that stands out for me there. <clears throat> and the reason why. Is that Ron and I got became tight. He was working at Johnny Taco's gym after his retirement. This was in the 1980s in Las Vegas, Nevada. Ron Lyle, of course, a heavyweight contender, a guy that went to jail for murder, got out of jail, became a heavyweight contender of notes. Of course, had that controversial ending with Muhammad Ali when the referee may have maybe jumped in a little bit too early or <clears throat> maybe didn't jump in too early. I'm not going to get into that controversy, but, you know, Ron Lyle was a guy that that went through the hard times. I think he went to prison in, in Colorado. And, of course, that was where he was from, I believe, Denver, Colorado. And when he came to Las Vegas, he was a trainer. He was training guys at Johnny Taco's gym. And what it was was this was Johnny Taco reaching out to an ex-fighter and helping him by saying, you know, <clears throat> I can't give you any money, but I can give you a place at the gym to train fighters, and you don't have to pay me, not until you may start making some money. Well, Ron Lyle never really made any money training fighters in Vegas, so Johnny Taco sort of gave him a free ride for a long time, okay? But he was training fighters there, and he was always there to, to back Johnny up because Johnny was getting up there in age. Of course, Johnny Taco, I believe, died in, what, 1990, 1997, age 84. Anyway, but Ron Lyle, former heavyweight contender, he may he rest in peace as well, um, he helped Johnny out, and he was always there, and he was fun to be around because, you know, I'd be jumping rope, and I was talking smack. I used to talk a lot of smack in the gym. I don't care where I was. I loved to talk smack in the gym. Even when I was around guys who were better than me, it just, I don't know, I just talked a lot of smack. Anyway, so I'm jumping rope, talking smack, doing doubles and triples. I mean, really showing off and that kind of good stuff. And Ron Lyle says to me, he calls me Copper. That's what he used to call me, Copper. So did Duran. Duran used to call me Cop. But um, Ron Lyle called me Copper because he knew I was a cop. And, so, and he was obviously a former ex-con, having went to jail for prison. I went to uh, jail for murder. So we're jumping rope one day, and I said, you know, Ron, you know, if, if I ever told you, you ever told me you were going to kill me, I, I believe you. 
And he said to me, you better, Pedro. I'm just kidding. Anyway, bottom line is, a lot of weird stuff happened at that gym. This was Johnny Taco's Main Street gym in Las Vegas. And, that, of course, that's where all the, the heavyweights train as far as, and I don't mean heavyweights, just like 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 heavyweight fighters. I mean heavyweights, per se. When they came to town for a big fight, if they weren't from Vegas, for the most part, they trained at Johnny Taco's Marvin Hagler, Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes. I can go on. <clears throat> Mike Tyson to an extent. I can go on and on. I mean, a lot of guys train there. I mean, I remember the one time, one time we're training at, at the gym there, and I'm watching a, a a good a good fight on television, and then somebody says to me, "You know, did you hear about what happened last week?" And I said, "Yeah, I read it in the paper, man." I said, "Bruce Curry went crazy here with a gun. Yeah, Bruce Curry went crazy at Johnny Taco's gym and shot off a few rounds, shot a few rounds into the the door. But thank God Johnny had one of these iron doors. I mean, like a door like you know God couldn't penetrate if he didn't want to. I mean, it was like a Death def- I mean, the door cannot be penetrated. But Bruce Curry, the former WBC uh, junior welterweight champion, the brother of Donald Curry, the former WBA welterweight champion, of course, out of uh, uh, Texas. Anyway, he um, he's shooting off his gun out there. <clears throat> he's trying to shoot at Jesse Reed, his trainer, and he's behind this iron door. It ain't happening. But that happened there at that gym. So many crazy things happened at that gym there in Las Vegas. And, and then I was reading a book put together by a so-called Sonny Listen expert a fortnight ago, just reading a part of it, and he he detailed Sonny, the Main Street gym is a two-story gym. It was a one-story gym, and it was flat. And from that point forward, I just put the book down. I mean, you know, here I am. He's talking about this two-story gym. Well, guess what? It was a one-story gym. It was was flat. I mean, just a flat one-story gym. So if you can't... Important things like that in the book make me say to myself, you know, I'm not going to read the rest of it, and I put it down. And no, I'm not going to bring it up, but if you're a Sonny Liston fan, you know the books I'm talking about because there's a lot of Liston conspiracy books coming out of late. Rudy Clay. People say to me, Rudy Clay, Rahman Ali, could he fight? As I said, he couldn't fight at all. I mean, he tried to fight. He was on the show about about two, three years ago. He was on the show a couple, couple years ago. We were talking, of course, his brother and the fact that the Parkinson's syndrome, you sort of could hear, you sort of could hear it there in that, uh, in that one little clip with him there that the Parkinson's syndrome was setting in with him too. So I don't know if this was hereditary or not, but both these guys, both brothers, got Parkinson's. I'm talking about Rahman Ali, Muhammad Ali's brother, and Ali. Of course, Ali got Parkinson's syndrome. They tried to differentiate that from Parkinson's disease. I don't know what it meant, but, you know, when Ali wasn't taking his medication, his hand shook like, you know, like, 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 wow, and like violently almost sometimes. And then when he took the medication, you know, he was against taking it. He didn't like taking the meds when we went out. And I said to him, why? He goes, because they don't make me feel good. I don't feel like, I don't feel like me when I take those medications. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he didn't look like me when he took those medications, sort of like stupefied him. And of course, that's why he didn't want to take it. So a lot of times when we went places, he would allow his hands to shake. <clears throat> He would try to put his hands in his pockets. He would try to put his, hold his hands down below his waist and this and that where people couldn't see him and hold them together because he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed to an extent. Yeah, the Parkinson's syndrome, I think that sort of, sort of humiliated, brought, it, it, it brought back a lot of humbleness of Muhammad Ali that people didn't think he had because here was the one opponent that in father time, he just couldn't beat Parkinson's or father time. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline. A little tower of power to the break. Check it out. We hung out at Jim's Donuts in, at 29th and Mission in, South, in San Francisco here in the city, an old donut shop. This was the number one played song on the jukebox, and we wore it out. The way that you walk, the way that you talk, really knocks me. 
Here's a great way to save money on your prescription medications. If you take Viagra or Cialis, we can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill. Compare that to prices as high as $60 per tablet. These pills work for men and women to improve their sexual performance. And now for the price of two or three pills, you can get nearly 100. There's no need to pay expensive prices for Viagra or Cialis. Call now with your prescription and pay as little as $2 a pill. We offer 24-7 service and always free delivery and confidential packaging. Change your life for the better and have fun. Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. If you give me enough money, I'll fight my own mother. No, I wouldn't go that far. Because my mother can kick ass. I kid you not. One time she cut me. she caught me cutting school. She, takes a, take, she finds out that I'm hanging out at a construction site uh, in the Petrero District. So anyway, of San Francisco. She works out there on Geary Boulevard at the, the old Sears store. So she takes a cab from Sears on Geary to this construction site, the Army Street Circle. And, you know, we're playing on these tractors. We're cutting school. We're having a good time. I'm not thinking nothing. It's a big deal, right? So all of a sudden I hear, Pete! And, you know, this sounds like my mom. Yeah, this sounds like my mom. And one more time, Pete! Yeah, it was mom. So I got down off this tractor we were playing on. Don't ask me why we were playing on it. We were kids. Anyway, so I got her, walked over to her, and she hit, she didn't say a word, but she hit me so hard. 
in the ear, she hooked me. She slap hooked me, but she hit me so hard. She knocked me down, knocked me around, but I, my ears rang for three or four days. So I accused her later in life, yeah, I accused her later in life of child abuse. I kid you not. Mom, you abused me. She said, you know what? I kept you in line, and she did. May she rest in peace. God bless my mother. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Nobody really knows what drives a fighter. In fact, you know, guys are colorful, like Jorge Maromero Paez back in the day, uh, his boxing era of the 80s and the 90s. He was such a colorful guy. Of course, a circus clown who turned into be a professional boxer, an acrobat who became an IBF featherweight champion, of course, out of uh, Mexicali, Mexico. I had those fights with Calvin Grove down there. Memorable fights, no doubt about that. I was down there in Mexicali one time, and all I can say was it was true that they did name... Um, oh, he's gone now. I might as well say it. Anyway, they did name a room in a hotel, which was a brothel in Mexicali, California, Mexicali, Mexico, right across the border from, uh, from the U.S. Anyway, it was called, um, the Hotel Bahia, and they had the Marty Denkin suite. And I just have to say it, Marty Denkin was a trick. Marty Denkin was a, he passed away a couple years ago. He's a good guy, the sheriff. I mean, he has his ups and downs. People like him, people don't like him. But the bottom line was, he did have his own suite there. I'm talking about the Hotel Bahia, the Marty Denkin suite which is a brothel in Mexicali. Anyway, Jorge Maromero Piles was a colorful dude, bleached, uh, colored his hair, different colors, you know, eventually did the tattoos and that kind of good stuff. The Maromero Piles, maybe of box of, of MMA right now, happens to be a guy, maybe a guy named Sean O'Malley. I kid you not. 25 years old, comes to us from Montana. I mean, he's got tattoos on his face, tattoos on his body. He looks like a, a human Christmas tree without the lights. I kid you not. But, but, but. Fighting out of Glendale, Arizona. Of course, the MMA lab. He's a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's been fighting since 2013. And since 2013, he's 12 and 0. 12 and 0. Eight knockouts, one submission, three decisions. I mean, I think, good Lord, I think this guy could be, this guy really could be somebody at 135. And, of course, 135, 145 pounds, uh, sort of like the hotbed, 135 145 to 125. Of course, I like the flyweight division. The fact that Henry Cudo might be retiring, we'll talk about that after this clip. But the bottom line is, this young man, I'm telling you, he can fight. I'm getting deja, deja vu from March because I remember you saying that uh, you just weren't that amped up, you know, after a great performance in front of a big crowd in Vegas, and now you get a, a walk-off knockout, and you're just so calm. Why, why do you celebrate later, or are we seeing sort of the celebration right here? Uh, I expected that. Um... You know, I think some, I don't want to talk for everyone, but I think some people get really excited because they're kind of surprised if they knock someone out. Um, I plan on knocking people out. Um, it, it's what once ever I think for the last three weeks I knew I was fighting Eddie Wineland on June sixth. So in my mind, I'm knocking Eddie Wineland out June sixth. Now I just did it. it. It's not. It doesn't feel. I, I don't know. May, I don't know. I just feel very calm. You know, Justin Gaethje was talking about it too on the Rogan podcast. You know, you get those ups and those downs. I try to stay pretty calm, pretty level. Um, I'm not going to have a big come down after this. I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm going to stay pretty level. And, and like I said, I expected to knock him out in the first round. Did you miss the crowd reaction when you when you dropped him? The, the crowd makes every, you know, it definitely amps everything up. If I could have picked to fight tonight with the crowd, I would have done it 100%. I love the fans. Like, it's a huge reason. Like, I continue to want to get better and want to perform is the, the fans that are diehard fans that love this sport and, and they just want to watch fights. So I want to go out there and perform for those guys. They're all at home celebrating right now, which is awesome. But, you know, if I could hear them celebrating, it would, it would have been cool. 
UFC rocking and rolling, of course, with heavyweights. Curtis Blades. Curtis can fight. I've never been one on Curtis's conditioning. I think maybe he lacks a little bit in the gas tank. But then again, who am I? And I know heavyweight taking the shots from Curtis Blades. was Curtis can rock, of course. He will be in the main event on the 20th, the 20th of June, of course, live coming to you from the USC Apex Center in Las Vegas. And that, of course, June 20th being the anniversary, the 40th anniversary of the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. I'm talking about Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard, 15 rounds, Montreal, Canada. I watched it at the Cow Palace in, in Daly City, California. It was one of the greatest events of my life. I Seriously, as a boxing journalist, as a boxer, as, as a boxing fan, that night did it all. Anyway, the 20th of June, coming to you on ESPN. Of course, it'll be Curtis Blades in the main event, taking on <clears throat> Alexander Volkov. Volkov can fight. Both these guys are big, so anything can go. I wouldn't expect this one to go five rounds. It's scheduled for five five-minute rounds. Josh Emmett and Shane Burgess in the co-feature. Uh, do I want to get excited about that? No. But let me tell you, the USC is hurting so bad that they've got Cowboy Jim Miller coming back at 160 pounds. The guy's like, like, got to be like 95 years old, going on 115, uh, taking on Roosevelt Roberts in a catchweight fight at 160 pounds. So the USC, mm, can I say, I look at, I'm looking at the calendar. Ain't a whole lot there. There's not a whole lot there. And of course, Stipe Miocic and Cormier will hook it up that third time. I'm not a big fan. I'm just not a fan of Cormier and, and, and Miocic. I mean, they didn't do it to me. They didn't do it for me the first two times. I mean, they were dull fights. And, and Cormier, that second fight, essentially, he detached uh, Miocic's uh, retina by poking at him with his fingers. And the referee wasn't calling him on that. And I kept saying, I'm screaming to the TV. said, call him, call him, call him on that. Because I can see. I know what's happening when you got to put... Fingers in guys' eyes. That's how retinas get attached. But USC 252, when I say August 15th, the main event, Stipe Miocic and uh, Daniel Cormier, the former champion. Of course, Cormier, unbeaten, a light heavyweight with the exception of John Jones. No knocking that. Sort of like losing the guy. Because, of course, at 205 pounds, John Jones has never been beaten outside of that one time he was disqualified when I think he needs somebody on the ground. Speaking of John Jones, he may have retired uh, this week he's indicated he's retired. Khabib is retired. Jorge Masvidal is upset, of course, with the paydays and the breakdowns. And I've been saying it for a long time. And, of course, I said it in hour number one. Fighters got to get paid. Athletes got to get paid. <clears throat> if the NFL realizes that 47 or whatever that percentage of the, of the, of the gate uh, of the entire revenue goes to the players, then, you know, then, 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 then I think that the UFC's got to basically do the same thing. I mean, because they're pimping these guys off, and I told you, it's death match after death match. There's nothing easy. The fact, you know, the fact that Sean O'Malley had an easy fight with, with uh, Eric Wind, uh, with Mr. Winland, big deal. One easy fight one night is because he was superior physically, but for the most part, the UFC is not booking easy fights for guys. It's death match after death match because, as I said to you before, if they can't build you into a pay-per-view superstar, if they can keep you going, like on a B-level, a B-level, get you a title shot, and you're all worn out by the time you get the title shot, then you make a defense or two, and before you know it, guess what? It's time for you to time to stick a fork in you because you're done. Okay, You haven't made any money. But Dana just goes on to the next guy. That's what's bad about the USC. Quote Socrates Palmer, boxing is truly only PhD. He says, it's, it, it, in the USC, it's not the fighter. It's not, in other words, if Muhammad Ali was in the USC, Dana White would try to make the USC bigger than Muhammad Ali. That's just the way it is. Brand first. I don't know where he learned that. He's a fan of Donald Trump. Figure it out. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide. Check it. You're inside. Look into the world of Boxing and MMA, 35, make that 36 plus years now, 
often imitated but never duplicated. <clears throat> in our next segment of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, of course, after the break, we will bring in, we'll spend some time with Nick Charles. It's emotional when I go back in time and listen to the, some of these old interviews with guys that have passed on, especially Nick. Nick passed a little earlier, of course, had bladder cancer. And, of course, Gennaro Hernandez passes as well in the month of June. I'll have him on next week's show, or my last appearance, or his last appearance with us on this show, of course. But I'm not trying to delve into the negative or, the, or anything like that. But the bottom line is, I want to recognize guys when they were at their peak. And guess what? Nick Charles was rocking and rolling here. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Little Tower of Power saying, guess what? There ain't nothing stopping us us now. No, not if you listen to Ring Talk. Now today's Ben Hogan golf tip. Want to hit your long irons crisper and longer? It's important to take the club back easy on your backswing. A longer iron requires more of a sweeping fluid motion than other irons. To achieve this, try to take it back low and slow for the first few feet. This deliberate takeaway helps promote a smooth, shallow swing that's perfectly on plane. You'll find that sweet spot more consistently, and you'll see added yards in your four through six irons. And now a word from Ben Hogan Golf. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week. I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now and tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. Tired of the same old hat? CoverageGear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to CoverageGear.com with the promo code radio and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number 2 from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or a number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. And with Father's Day coming up, 
timing couldn't be better to check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code radio and get 20% off. That's promo code radio at coveragegear.com. Coveragegear.com. We've got you covered. He is a comeback fighter of 2009, folks. I kid you not. I'm talking about Showtime's Nick Charles. Nick, wonderful to have you in the house this evening, man. Very good evening to you. How, how are you and the family? Pedro, we're doing well. I couldn't be better. I, uh, you know, I, I, when we talk about comebacks and this and that, and people were just, in fact, I was just looking at messages from friends and people in boxing, actually, and I said, you know, what, what, what uh, alternative did I really have? It was, my choice was either to check out or fight this thing, and uh, so far, Somebody else called me in, uh, in, in, in boxing earlier and said, you know, it's sort of like a 12-round fight. Uh, hey, man, you were really knocked down early and lost some 10-8 rounds with this kind of thing, with this kind of cancer. But it's like a guy who's coming back is like Juan Manuel Marquez against Pacquiao, that type of thing. Okay. I, I you know, you are on the wall of fame at ringtalk.com, and you are there because of the contributions you made not only to the to the broadcasting biz, of course, one of the original, I can say this affectionately, one of the original talking heads of CNN. How's that sound? <laughs> well, you know what? I always used to look at some of those anchors. They said they have anchor butt and like even, and from, you know, the, the thin veneer from, uh, from so-and-so to so-and-so, but behind that, like, face or something there was you know the the porch light was on but uh, nobody was home that type of thing uh, i mean i've seen enough anchors who were talking heads who say hello my name is blank because they didn't fill in the blanks uh, on the teleprompter the one thing we always prided ourselves on in sports and every sports person who does highlights etc who's an anchor you know you got to think on your feet and you write your own copy for better or worse so uh, it's more than a lot of news anchors do you know and at least in 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 the uk and in uh, uh, Europe, they call them news readers. I never thought I was that. I always thought, hey, man, for better or worse, i got to use my own language. And either it's helped me or hurt me all these years, but I'm still standing. Good enough. Your first card back now in several months, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Chris Ovalos and Jose nu- Nuevas. That was your main event, wasn't it? Oh yeah, and it was. Uh, it was. I thought it would be a bigger challenge for Avalos. He was the. He's the kind of guy. He's got a lot of confidence, bordering on cocky. You know, he's, he seems to be in a rush at 21 or 20. Actually, just turned 20. Uh, 15 fights now, and I thought that Nieves, with a, such a solid technical fan, uh, foundation, Pedro would give him would give him fits for a while anyway, at least to survive and stretch him out. Uh, first scheduled 10 rounder, first main event on national television. But Avalos uh, is all about aggression, and sometimes his best defense is his offense. But he really took it to this Puerto Rican, and uh, and I, I was very impressed. So, you know, we're talking maybe this guy next next thing, maybe a top fifteen fighter. I wouldn't rush somebody at twenty, but he seems to be really on the on the right kind of flight path to being somebody special. Do you know why cocky kids and kids from the hood have to be pushed? I mean, sort of have to take an accelerated path to stardom because longevity is not in the card sometimes because of their lifestyle, because of, of, of where they're from, the whole nine yards. It just, it's just not happening. You hear what I'm saying? So like Fernando Vargas, they rushed him. 
into that fight with Trinidad because, you know, he was having problems outside of the ring. So uh, that- that's a good point, Pedro. You know, I, I fully understand that growing up in Chicago in a poor neighborhood. And I understand about boxers always that you want to be somebody so bad. But then, you know, it could go bad. We were talking about Francisco Bajano the other day. Yeah. And we saw him on Showbox our first year. And I said, man, this guy could be extraordinary. And then the second or third time he was on the show, his entourage was bigger than Tyson's. And I said, you know, this is something wrong for a guy who's so far away from being a champion. So it's a matter of keeping your head on straight, and that's really difficult. Because boxing, you know, historically, you spring from nothing. You spring from nothing, and all of a sudden, you're somebody. And you just have to keep it in check and keep it in perspective. And it's really asking a lot, as you said, from a young guy. But one thing about Avalos, and back to him, not that the show's about him, he's very well grounded and focused. He's got two parents with him all the time. They're in his corner. His mother is really the stone-cold boss of the family. His father trains him. (laughs) And it's the kind of foundation that really, really helps. And it was, it's good to see when we go to the fighters' meetings, his mom's there, his father's there. And you don't often see that uh, with fighters and with a lot of athletes, you know. You're tuned to Extra Sports A6, the home of the Stanford Cardinal, and, of course, the Oakland Athletics of the American League. Of course, we've got baseball season just coming up in a couple of months, folks, so don't forget the Oakland A's are here, 860 on the AM dial. Extra Sports A60, the new sports authority here in Northern California. On the line from his lair on the East Coast, of course, is Showtime's very own Nick Charles making his big comeback this past Friday on a show box, going to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, you know, this is your first fight card in how long? Seven months? Uh, I did the Pacquiao, I, for Showtime, it's six months. Yeah. yeah, Pedro, I did the Pacquiao-Cotto fight, the international feed. Bob Arum was great. Bob Arum says, hey, I don't care what you look like. We know you could do the job, you know, because I look like I went 15 with Foreman and then 15 with Frazier in their primes, you know, from all this chemo and stuff. And uh, it was it was really a struggle getting, uh, at least up until the day. I was really, I was hurting. I got to be honest with you, but I said, I got to suck this up because I made a commitment, but I was just laying in bed in Vegas. And bingo, I woke up that morning. I said, wow, I feel like a million dollars. I could run through a wall. So, uh, you know, that adrenaline got me through that card. But now that I've been off the chemo for almost two months, it's just a big difference and the whole bit, the energy and such. But, yeah, to be back, I, I was just talking to my boss at Showtime, Gordon Hall, and a lot of well-wishers. And it didn't seem like I missed a beat. I never felt like I was away. But I really never believed. I always held out a lot of hope that Showbox would be part of my future. And, and sure enough, it has been. So. So, hey, life is really good. I can't complain, Pedro. And uh, not only that, I'm very, very grateful about life. I always, I think I always have been. That's helped my attitude. You know, it's just a, no matter how many knocks you take in life, and sometimes you, you look at things and you say, I never said why me with stuff. I just have always tried to expect the, you know, expect the best in people. I'm not some naive dude, believe me. Nick Charles, our guest, having come back from cancer, folks, the 2009 Comeback Fighter of the Year. Got to switch subjects a little bit. We'll stay with the the medical issue, health insurance. Are you paying 20% of your medical bills? Are you paying all your medical bills? Do you have health insurance? How did it go down? Well, no, thank God. I got to tell you, nobody, you got to be covered in this country. You know, my wife works for CNN, and we have policies through her, of course, because I'm a free, I'm a gun for hire in boxing. You know, you don't get, I'm, believe me, I'm not crying, but, but it's a different thing. But I really, I, I don't know if this is even the, something you, well, you brought it up. So I'll tell you, little things like when you get, when you go for chemo, and they really give it to you, because they got to give you the strong stuff, and you just, they knock the hell out of you. Well, when you're, red blood count goes down to nothing, you're on the floor 
before, and your your that's the gas in your tank. But your white blood count goes to pot too, so you're susceptible to all kind of any kind of infection. So when you leave the hospital at the end of your chemo, each time they give you a shot. Well, the shot costs six thousand. It's six large for a shot. So think about that. If if you don't have great insurance, I've talked to nurses. I've talked to doctors. I said, can everybody get this shot? I got really good insurance. And, and some people have said, oh, they'll give it to, and everybody gets it. Some people say, no, people don't take it. And it's really a shame in our country, you know, that some people can't afford and they've got to pass on something that's, uh, that's so, that's, that, that obviously could threaten their life to do, to do without. The only modern country in the world without some type of health plan for the uh, poor yeah. and downtrodden in this country, okay? Shifting gears from that. So you've come back. Now, what's the weight like? Have you put on the weight, put the weight I back on? I never lost it, man. I was no. in the gym four or five times a week all the time. I said, you know, you're looking at the dumbbells. You're doing this. Your energy's down. Maybe you're not working as fast. But I said, I'm just going to work just as hard. And really with the strength, I, you know, how you could at least measure yourself in the gym. And you say, you know, I'm lifting the same amount of weights, doing the same amount of reps, and the, doing the same, amount, same type of workouts I did before I knew I had cancer. So I thought that was really psychologically and physically important for me. And it really helped me, I think, because, you know, when I was doing chemo, these four-day knockout sessions, you know, you're doing wall push-ups and dips and the first couple of days the nurses are laughing at me and the doctors and then I remember the fourth day I was doing them my last day the nurses are doing them with me you know and I and I and they said you know you're doing the right thing because a lot of people come in and everybody has different cancers Pedro everybody uh, when people call me oh Lance Armstrong beat it he had a different kind of thing it was mm-hmm. a different deal uh, you know my uncle had this my uh, but the point is they said there's a lot of cancers here but the people who do crappy are the ones who Go in bed, lay there for four four days, get the chemo, and they do they do lousy because they got a bad attitude, and they go home, and it just doesn't seem to help them, you know. So I think that's the one thing you could control is a good attitude and taking care of yourself. Because damn, I took care of myself before this, you know, and and it still happened to me. It was a random thing, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spit the bit out like they say at the racetrack. <laughs> You know, when my I, I've had a lot of lot of death in the family in the past fifteen years, mother, father, mm-hmm. stepfather, this and that. Oh, stepfather when he when he had cancer and the chemo, this and that I used to pick him up. We take him over, we used to give him brownies and and pot and that kind of good stuff and that really relieved him. I mean that really brought him back down to earth and he told me that because of that he was able to eat and he was able to, to sort of keep his mind off his uh his woes. Was medicinal marijuana party recovery? No, somebody asked me that the other day. I never even considered it. I mean, the side effects are horrible with the chemo, with this heavy, because they gave me the hardest chemo there is. They said, either that or you're going to be, I don't want to sound melodramatic, but I said, what if I don't take this chemo? They said, well, you got four to six months to live. That's it. You know, so I said, Yikes. well, that, that, the choice is right there. I'm taking it. But they said, we're going to hit you with the biggest bat we got. It's the only way to stop this. So, yeah, you know, and you're going to get side effects, and I don't even want to get into them. They're really, really bad on your body. So I understand where your stuff that was coming from but i just said you know i'm toughing this through i i don't know if i'm eating cardboard here or you know a, or a juicy steak but i'm going to get through it and whatever it is you know and it, there were days yeah it was no fun but uh, like i said what's the alternative pedro you know i believe in eternity i'm good with that i'm good with god i'm not like frightened about it nobody wants to die but so i had a lot of peace but i also i want to be around i got a little daughter i love so much my wife you know it's so much more i want to learn 
learn. I want to see more fights. You know, I look at these young kids come up, Chris Avalos, hey, I want to be around to see him go for the title or not. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot of motivation for me. At the same time, I'm very much at peace, but I always felt, well, you know, thank God I didn't get too nauseated. I've heard the horror stories. At least I was able to eat, and I kept eating, and, you know, so I kept my weight up. It's great. Okay. Victor Conti was on the show a few weeks ago. He of Tower of Power fame back in the 70s. And, of course, yeah. um, the man that ran Balco, the mad scientist, from rock musician to mad scientist. I've uh, never understood that, but he sort of tried to explain <laughs> that in a one-hour show. In fact, he just told me he might be here for the entire show next week here on Extra Sports 860 at 6.05 p.m. next Sunday night when Pedro Fernandez takes over the radio airways here on the new Sports Authority in Northern California. So Victor Conti says that EPO is something that increases the amount of oxygen in athletes' bloods from 25 to 30%. And he said that guys can take this, and that he said you know, he said that Shane Mosley admitted taking it under, under oath and things like that. But guys can take this, and what it does is it, um, it increases their endurance dramatically. I mean, imagine having 30% more in the tank than in, in the 10th round than, than your foe, and, and you guys are of equal stature. So what I'm trying to say is, what about this thing with Floyd Mayweather? Was there merit to what he was saying in which he wanted Pacquiao tested now that Mosley's going to agree to that same type of testing? Well, you know, I mean, sure, Mosley will. Mosley was guilty the one time, as you say, but I don't want to get – I think the important thing here is, what. look, what, like at, at the racetrack, a, a jockey, they have to have an assurance of innocence because you're betting on game. I mean, that was always the premise of horse racing. If there weren't – if it wasn't gambling, nobody would go to the racetrack. But boxing supposedly is a little different. The unfortunate thing is there's no regulation. You know as well as I, Pedro, you do a fight in, uh, at, in St. Louis or something – Missouri at a little at a Hilton hotel, which guys have done. They don't do the proper medicals, really, and such. Uh, they don't pay for all the stuff. Now, I think a blood test would be great for every fighter, but I think it would be fabulous. How much would it cost? Now, you're talking about undercards. A promoter does a, a little card in Oklahoma off TV. Is he going to be inclined to do a boxing card if he's got to pay $200 for every box, every fighter's blood test? For no, no, Nick, blood and I'm with you on that one. I'm talking about the Mega fights where there's millions of dollars but on the line. But how do you okay? draw the line? But you say, okay, once a fight is over a million dollars, you have to do it. Once a, you know, I'm all for it. I think it would be fabulous. I, I, I want the assurance of innocence. You know, when I say a guy's packed on weight, you know, I listen. I was at CNN doing the good feel good story, chasing Sosa and McGuire all over the country. Wow, this is great. This is just what baseball needed back then. And then you know, yeah, there's that suspicion, and people are turning a blind eye and saying, no, nah, it's too good for the game. And Manny Pacquiao is too good for the game right now. You know, he really is. He's, he's absolutely crossed over a little bit. and He's got people who aren't big boxing addicts interested in the game. But that said, um, if he has nothing to hide is the one argument, then do it. Uh, but Mayweather, is he trying to get into his head? Is it legitimate? Uh, do you not want to fight him? Did, you know, Mayweather couldn't have known, no, Pacquiao won't do this. It's just an excuse to get out of the fight because, because I'm afraid of the guy. There's too much money on the table. Yeah, you know, I think Floyd's really after preserving that uh, carefully constructed uh, uh, perfect record. I mean, that said, I, I already picked him to beat uh, Pacquiao in that fight, uh, and I could tell you my reason someday. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would love to see it across the board uh, because it's not going to hurt anything, and I'd hate to see yet another scandal for this sport. We don't need it. You can be in love or be out of
Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-426-2301. 800-426-2301. That's 800-426-2301. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Coming back with some soul, baby. The soul side of town, of course, Tower Power 2020. Check them out at towerpower.com. That's one of the the title tune of their, excuse me, latest LP. Boxing going to happen the 16th, of course, in June from the MGM Grand. Of course, they call this the bubble. Joshua Greer is in the main event, taking on Mike Plania. Both these guys got pretty good records, 22-1 and one versus 22-23-1. So somebody's one's got to go unless it's a draw. Anyway, uh, four or five fights on the card. Out beside that, no big names there as far as uh, I'm going to take that back. Giovanni Santolin, 25 and zip, taking on former champion Antonio DeMarco, was 
33 and 6. On the 18th of June, of course, both these are going to be on ESPN, ESPN Plus, I believe. Uh, Jose Pedraza in the main event against Mikel Lapierre. Lapierre is 22-1-1. Pedraza is 29-3, 26-3. Pretty good card there. So boxing, although they are, <clears throat> how can I put this, showcase fights on ESPN, they are fights. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Want to mention my good friend there. And he was a good friend of mine. He really was. I miss him. And, you know, we used to talk on the phone. And sometimes he'd give me these calls once in a while late at night. It's Nick Charles. You know, I didn't know what was going on, where he was at, that kind of good stuff. But I take these phone calls late at night. And we talk boxing. And, of course, I'm much like a Manny Stewart. So I miss them both. Him and the, um, the Cronk Street, the Cronk Jim Goldfather. I don't want to get emotional here. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, and every show can be caught on podcast at anchor.com. The Ring Talk podcast at anchor.com. You're tuned to Ring Talk. Thank you.